Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. I am very excited to introduce to you my, my I'm going to say I call my new friend, Brian Butler. He is, here's his bio, ready? A free-spirited contrarian blazing a trail towards understanding myself and life. That is it. And that is what we're here to talk about. But I also have to give my Abigail introduction. I met Brian back in February on my birthday. He actually filmed my feature on tiny home tours. And uh, he doesn't know this per se, but I was really nervous going into this filming for tiny home tours. It, you know, it's a really big YouTube channel. I was like, what am you know, will they like me? What am I cool? enough for this. Like there's all sorts of internal conversation. And then I pull up and he also says like, Hey, there's a few of us here. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what, what am I driving towards? And I walk up, I meet him super cool, super laid back and really made the filming process of uh, my tiny home tour feature. So in flow, so chill, so fun. We were in, um, what was that gold Canyon near the superstition mountains. And so had an absolute blast. And the more we were talking, the more like he shared his journey and it's just so exciting. And I really wanted to be able to share that with you guys. Cause you know, here on the hearts unleashed podcast, we are interviewing people who are living their heart unleashed in order to inspire you to do the same. And so Brian, just thank you for being here. I am so excited to share you with the hearts unleashed community. Well, thanks for inviting me. Yes. So, you know, I met you on the road and you had been a few years in already. You've had a few different um, vehicles, few different tiny homes on wheels. And so how did this life and lifestyle come about for you? I've never had the same answer to that question, which totally. is, I think totally. it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. The way it goes usually is uh, I grew up outside. I grew up fishing. I grew up in the woods. I grew up camping. And I remember at a young age, I always said I wanted to make camping like, how do I make this a living? How do I just do this all the time? And uh, I was down in the Smoky Mountains around like May 2018. And I met this couple living in a school bus. And that's when I was like, wait a second, you have a school <laughs> bus and you it looks like a house and you can live in it and travel wherever you want. Wild. I had no idea because I was just a mechanic, you know, like I was chained to a toolbox. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere and do anything. Mm -hmm. So 20 May 2019, that's I hit the road. I was like, I'm doing it, I'm going. And four years later, I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still yes. I'm still doing it. And I remember talking to you about being a mechanic and I found that one interesting because what a lifestyle change, like you said, chained to a toolbox, you know, stationary job requires you to be there, but also being able to be a mechanic on your own vehicle. That's something I was deadly, like that would have stopped me from getting on the road had I not had some different experiences that showed me I could do it. But being a mechanic and being able to work on your own rig and be out in the world, like what is that like? It's good. And sometimes it doesn't work. For example, I was in Nashville about maybe somewhere in March and uh, came back from a trip and I started driving from Nashville back to Chicago. It's like a nine hour drive. And I get towards Louisville and I stop at a Panera and I come back out and I go to start my van and my van doesn't start. I'm like, oh man. And normally I can hear my fuel pump turn on 
and uh, I wasn't hearing it turn on. So I was like, all right, it's probably the fuel pump. And uh, I did all the mechanic tricks, like you hit the bottom of the gas tank because sometimes you can kick the motor on and it'll start to work and nothing, nothing worked. So I got really lucky that day. Uh, I got picked up by a tow truck immediately. There was a shop that was literally pulling a car out at the same time my van was getting dropped off and they had it fixed within four hours. Sure, $800 later, but you know, it's like there are some things I can't do on the road, like right. a fuel, like a fuel pump. But mm-hmm. there are other things I can do, like my brakes, or I put an entire suspension lift on my Astro in the desert using a bottle jack and my hand tools, you know? So <laughs> there are perks. There are cool things I can do. I have a scan tool. If anyone has like a check engine light or something, I can read it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I am limited. Having, having a lift and extra big tools helps. Totally, totally. And so going from mechanic to full-time roadie uh, is a little bit different. So what do you do now? Uh, now I'm a videographer. So I like to play around and say like I traded in wrenches for cameras. Uh, yeah. I got to work with my hands. I got to, I got to do something. I have to have a tool in my hand. That's just how I, how I am, whether it be a fishing mm-hmm. pole, a wrench, um, a laptop, you know, whatever it may be like, I got, I have to just be doing something. So yeah, I'm a videographer now. Doesn't, I don't really feel like one, to be honest. I'm only three years into this new career and, um, every year it seems to blossom. So we'll see. Mm. I mean, my experience of watching you, cause now I follow you on Instagram and I love just like, it's, it's kind of like me, where's Waldo? Where, where's, where's, where's Brian at today? And, and it's quite fascinating to me because this is, to me, this is Hearts Unleashed. To me, this is getting to like chase dreams or chase a, like a instinct or an inclination or an inspiration. So it's like, I'm sure my assumption is people might wonder, like, how did you go from that to that? Like, how did that happen? Where, where was that leap? <laughs> or how did that come about? You know, shockingly, I, I never get asked how I make money or anything like that, which is so interesting to me. But that's also okay. It was a weird transition, but I, I was always into the arts. Right about 2008 is like kind of when I professionally started my mechanic career at a shop. And at the same time, I was I played in metal bands as a guitar player. And this is a slight long story short to how I got mm-hmm. to videography, but my band and I paid thousands of dollars to go get recorded at a recording studio in Detroit. And as I remember handing the money to this person, it hit me. I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of the table. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm on the wrong side of the table here. Because in the band, I wasn't able to be artistically creative. I just kind of followed whatever the lead guy wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So after like two more years in that band and whatnot, um, I started recording bands in my mom's basement with that old white MacBook using GarageBand and a distortion pedal. (laughs) (laughs) Real grassroots, you know, just really making it happen. And uh, so I recorded a band and it actually was really good. And they were like really jacked about it. And then I did that from 2008 to 2018. I think I recorded almost somewhere close to 100 albums in that time, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it absorbed a lot of my time. As soon as I would leave the shop, I'd come home and I would record bands. And I did mm-hmm. that for a whole decade. You know, that's, I love that story. And there's something just kind of clicking 
I'm kind of rambling, but you hear that quote about um, being obsessed. Like, I just feel like when you have, when you're in touch with your creative side or your creative nature, or you give any allowance room for it, it's just this natural obsession or this insatiable desire or need or love or inspiration to create or flow or whatever it might be. And a pattern I'm noticing as we're just having this conversation is like the people who are successful creatives, like allow that hunger that drive to lead in so many ways. And, you know, I would say we could all probably tell a hundred stories about how it led us a hundred miles in the wrong direction too. But as people who then make a living as an entrepreneur or as a creative, we really, you have to make enough mistakes or have failures or things like that to then learn to harness, direct, manage, perfect this, this creative drive. How does that resonate with you? I'm actually super happy you said that because I was obsessed. Um, yeah. I mean, I would take, I would take my two weeks off of my mechanic job and I would just record bands every day, mm-hmm. 10, yeah. 12 hours a day. And I, I loved it. But what I learned was it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't recording them. Sure. It was some, it was tracking things. Like I like sitting down, plugging mics in, setting them up, getting levels, like all that. Mm-hmm. kind of stuff that geeky nerdy stuff i loved it but the big thing that kept me coming back every time was the people it was it was always mm-hmm. the people always connecting with someone and just you're we're in this room and the door is closed and it's completely insulated with uh sound mm-hmm. stuff and you're just in there with these people and you're breathing and you're sweating and you're everyone's breathing that in and it's like you create <laughs> this concoction you know of like dna <laughs> And, and you turn into one big, you turn into one thing and all of a sudden you produce this thing and you put it out to the world and then thousands of people listen to it and you're like, wow, dude, we fucking did that. And that right there (laughs) is extremely addicting to me. And, um, to segue that into how I got into videography, the same kind of energy did transfer. And this was around like 2017. I started wandering around a little bit more because I was, I had my own business being a mobile mechanic um, from Mm. about 2014 till 19. And so I went to people's homes and offices and fixed their cars there. No boss, just me making my own way. And so with that, I was able to work like maybe a few hours a day and make double the money I did at the shop working 10 hours a day. So I was like, all right, we're doing something here. So it gave me more time to go do what I wanted to do. So I went on more trips and more things. And I was just taking iPhone photos and everyone kept saying like, wow, you have a really good eye for these things, blah, 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 blah. So one day I'm rock climbing with my buddy and he uh, has like a really nice camera. And he was the one that was like, you should buy a camera, dude. And he's a very intelligent person. So I trusted him and I believed him. I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, sounds good. Went and bought my first camera. I outgrew that camera in three months and bought a better camera after that. And then this is kind of where it all started for me is when I found this woman on Instagram who was taking photos of coyotes. And it kind of, I looked at it a little differently as like, oh, wow, these are like little micro wolves that just live around the suburbs and they're just, they're mm-hmm. wild, the wild dogs. And it's so cool. And they only come out in the night and da 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 da. But she was, uh, she was photographing these things at this very special place called Fermi Labs, particle accelerator out here in the suburbs. And 
there was like three or four different packs of coyotes there. And then I started going there, bought a big long lens and, uh, for about two years straight. So yeah, but about two years, 17 to about 19 before I left, not lying like damn near every single day I went there, uh, mm-hmm. to photograph animals. Cause it was just, you know, I'm away from everything that stresses me out. I'm in the woods. I'm walking. I'm being one with everything. It's quiet. You have to be very alert if you're looking for owls or possums or raccoons even. And Mm -hmm. after two years of doing that, and you're like, wow, this is not being satiated. This must be something I want to do. And Mm -hmm. then, um, but then I hit the road. The road was almost a a larger calling. And then, um, yeah, I wasn't even doing videography then either when I hit the road, which is kind of crazy. I was uh, actually editing podcasts for the Mm. first year. And then I met this person on the, on this thing called upwork.com. And they were Mm. supposed to be my new big podcast client, which they are, and they still are to this day. They're the only one I still edit, Uh, but they're like family now. So it's a little different. Yeah. But uh, he's the one that invited me to stay at his house for three months, March, 2020, six days before the pandemic hit. And I was going to live with him for three months and film all this coursework for his business. And that's exactly what we did. So I got a ton of experience behind a camera. I knew all the fundamentals. So the images always look good. I just could not tell a story to save my life, to be honest with you. And even mm-hmm. to this day, I still, I'm not clear on how I tell stories. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would like March, 2020. And then June, 2020, not, not long after I met a friend in Bend and she got me in contact with Tiny Home Tours. And now it's almost three years later. Yeah. And, and time and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, also lot, to just a lot re- more between there, but you know, so I, I actually just want to speak to what you said, what you just said about not being sure about your storytelling gripping <laughs> where I'm following along and just, I think it's great. I think you're concise and like not too short. So I want to at least affirm that you have some pretty decent storytelling abilities. Um, I also, I want to talk about the experience, your experience of being in nature, but I want to backtrack to some of the things you said, because when I met you and we did that filming, I just thought it was so, what you just described about like the privacy and intimacy of the recording studio and, and recording hundreds of, you know, songs and albums with different people and artists that, that level of intimacy totally translates into your videography with tiny home tours. It made me very comfortable to show you around my house. And like I said, I I felt like we connected. I feel like we're friends. I like to fall. I enjoy knowing how you're doing and what you're doing. And it's like drew and genuine as opposed to just a J O B. And I, I think that that matters so much when it comes to doing things that you love, especially as creatives, when, when the obsession can take over Um, I would love to ask you or have you share a little bit about like, we can love something so much that we accidentally burn ourselves out because we're a yes to the work. We're a yes to the opportunity. We're a yes to the feeling it creates. And sometimes we can sort of edge out on the extreme side of the spectrum where we forget to maybe care for ourselves or take breaks or, you know, um, like integrate personal and professional life. What, what is your experience with what I'm sharing right now? I'm really, really good at burning out. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. (laughs) I'm really good at it. Um, 
To be honest, I think it's just a lack of awareness of myself and how I'm reacting or feeling in that moment. I heard mm-hmm. something the other day on a podcast, uh, Halt. Uh, I think it was like hungry, angry, um, and uh, somebody like tired and something else. Yeah. I can't remember, whatever. I can't remember all the things, but it was kind of like if you get to a point where you just all of a sudden you're just angry. It's okay. Why am I angry? Or if you're like, mm. you know, maybe it's just you're you're hungry or something. I can't. I wish I remember how it went, but. I do know, I know that a same acronym and I can't think of it either, yeah, but yeah. Either way, if whoever, if you're listening, just look it up. It's, it's really yeah. good. Um, so I've kind of honestly just recently had an epiphany about, about like giving myself some balance. And to be yeah. honest, a lot of it, a lot of my bouncing around like crazy, as you saw, like I, I went from Tennessee to Bisbee, Arizona, to Phoenix, to Colorado, to Wichita, all the way yeah. back to the Carolinas, Tennessee, Chicago, and now all the yeah. way to Oregon. Like it just, it doesn't stop. But yeah. I would just go, 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 go until I did crash and burn. And then I would mm-hmm. take a couple, a couple weeks to recover and then go back. And now it's like, I almost every other day I, I decide to take half a day or a full day off of work. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what, that's a big thing on the road too, because you're driving a lot. Like that's just going to beat you down after a while. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start adding three days in between big travel days. So if it's three days from Chicago to all the way West Oregon, I'm going to take six days to do it. Yep. Yep. I just, you know, I've been a nomad for two years and especially uh, like a tra- driving um nomad for a few few uh, collectively a year now and i'm just now in this most recent road trip very actively incorporating those off days that you're talking about and i'm telling you at this moment i feel very much feel like a professional traveler because i used to think that driving days were off days and they are not like just because you're not you know work quote unquote, doesn't mean that you're not exhausting your body. Moving a big vehicle or vehicle that has all your belongings and it does something to your body and like focusing on the road, all that stuff is another form of work. And so I completely agree and resonate with what you're sharing about how to better care for yourself while on the road, because it is, it's just a different lifestyle and there's more, there's different factors to consider for sure. Yeah. Um, You made me think of something about like when driving, it's um, like your brain just at just sitting around all day consumes 20% of your calories. And mm. when you're when you're driving, you're already at a very heightened state because you have to be yeah. aware of things. So I believe like you're probably burning double that while you're yeah. just sitting there and you're just becoming mentally exhausted, not so much physically exhausted. And then from yeah. that is when I believe you start getting depression and anxiety. Right. Right, you're not you're out of balance now from your brain battery and your body battery. Totally, I um, the way you said that also made I use the term emotional taxing a lot. So it's like emotionally taxing too, mentally and emotionally, and that's where the bounce back becomes harder. Like when when you're working in between, or especially for me, it was visiting, like visiting people. I want to be happy that I'm there and I want to be present and alert. And if I, if I come right off of a drive to then hang out, it's not always the best experience. You know, it's not that I'm resentful of anybody, but it's like, try, I'm trying to like recover in a time that my body needs more time than I think I need, you know, or, or whatever that might be. 
I'm smack dab in the middle of that right now. Pretty tired at the moment. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't help. I went on a brutal bike ride on Sunday with my buddy. I'm, I'm still, I think, feeling that three days later. Yeah. But yeah, like there's people that want to see me. I'm going to go see my grandma today and my cousin. And luckily yeah. they're like, you know, they're not energy robbers. So, and they, and everyone understands now when I come home, it's like, you know, they get mm -hmm. it. They see what I'm doing. Um, you know, they know it's tiring and no one really ever gives me any kind of, you know, negative feedback, I guess, thank God, yeah. about like my time spent here. Um, yeah. They're just grateful that I even come back, I bet. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's still, it still lives in the same vein of that love, that obsession that I, I think of it as like a zest for life, like really wanting to ex be awake for all of it, experience as much as possible. And I, ha I have that sense about you as well as like, just when you're when you're anywhere you want to experience where you are and yet the body is like break please like let's lay <laughs> let's chill let's not <laughs> and yet there's just so much to take in yeah i definitely have a problem with that because i like i i really really deeply understand the um limited time we have to be alive and how yeah how weird it, it will be to be in those final moments of breathing mm. and being conscious. I've put myself in the situation a lot in my mind so I can be prepared, but it's just, it's just hard now to yeah. travel around and be like, no, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to sit down and stare at that mountain. Cause what's the first thing you want to do when I grab your stupid phone? Well, that too. <laughs> that too. But I think yeah. the first stupid thing is phone. <laughs> you yep, yep, phone, yep. phone. And then, and you know, that's honestly, I mean, we all know it. That's what's just robbing us yeah. from this, this thing. And I, and I believe we're now obsessed with the phone and we're not obsessed with anything else anymore. And to be honest, like, since I started uh, living on the road, like my obsession for things has gone away. Like I don't feel that, that mm. pull anymore. And it, it makes me really sad. Um, Cause I would, that's when I'm at, I'm at best. Like that's when I'm doing my greatest work. I think I'm doing more than probably what someone else would do, even though I know it's not a competition or anything, but mm. um, if you're trying to enter the marketplace to, you know, monetize something, you got to be a little competitive and more yeah. competitive with yourself um, at yeah. the end of the day. So yeah. right now I'm trying to figure, not figure out, but I'm trying to create space to let this obsession come back. Um, mm. Because honestly, that's the only re real reason why I kind of want to do anything is only mm -hmm. when I'm like fully in it and just there for it, basically, mm -hmm. you know, like using me as the as the wand to create things. Mm -hmm. um, so this year is, I think, more on finding finding the balance and finding that obsession, that love, that that deep magnet um, towards something. and. Who knows what it's going to be? It could be anything. Yeah. And you know, that's, I'd love to ask you directly about that. Cause when I met you, you were like, mm, I am, van life is over. I'm going to chill and, and whatever. And then, you know, following along, that wasn't the case. What shifted or what's, what's going on with that? Um, that was me leading by my emotions and not my yeah. rational mind. I was tired already, you know, like mm -hmm. I drove from Durango all the way to Phoenix to film a bunch of tours there. And that's pretty much all I did was just film twice a day and 
you know, hang out with people. So like, I never really took a break. Like I drove yeah. 10 hours, worked twice a day, every day for about five days, and then mm-hmm. drove another 10 hours back to Durango. And that was right after I got COVID and I was busting my butt working at, a at an event in Vegas. And then I went to a van event, which I had COVID while I was there. So I couldn't even do anything and still somehow filmed a tour. Uh, cause yeah. this person was my friend. They already had COVID, so they weren't scared. Um, mm. so we filmed the tour and it's like, I shouldn't have done anything. I should have been yeah. like relaxing, but instead I was driving and moving and going. So I never truly gave myself a actual time off. Like yeah. it's, um, it's something I really need to do. And then I was trying to get an apartment back here and back home, but everything just kept falling through. I felt like I was forcing things, you know, and then just work kept coming for tiny home tours. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really love this job and I'm, I'm a, I'm like part of the higher up crew now. So I have a little yeah. more responsibility to take care of things. Yeah. And, um, so that's really kind of what that's, what that has come down to. And I even quit a job. Like yeah. I, I had a full-time I had a full-time job as a video director for a magazine company getting paid buku yeah. bucks. And that also was not jiving with me. So mm. a lot mm. of it was, just, I'm just cutting things out. I'm cutting things out that are not really serving me anymore. You know, I lately I've felt like I've entered a new chapter of my growth and maturity. So it's like, I'm just kind of focusing more on what I have to do for tiny home tours and grow with them. And my two other clients that I have that luckily are very seasonal type of type of Mm -hmm. work. So it's not like super busy, but I, I just, I love what you're sharing and I'm really excited for our listeners to hear all of this. And um, you, you said something very specific. I was leading with my emotions we got to talk about that for a second, because as an entrepreneur, as someone working for yourself, essentially, because, you know, you have these companies that you work for, but you do dictate that, like you can leave one and start one any old day. And, and as an entrepreneur, it's really easy to, especially when we love what we do, we, we love it so much that we burn ourselves out doing it. The emotions can really take over and cause those like, you know, those impulsive desires or we're unclear or we think we want something, but really it's reactive. How have you sustained throughout the waves of emotions? What do you do to ground yourself, to kind of get back to center, get clear and sort of refocus yourself? Oh, that's a good one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a lot of sleeping in. Yes, <laughs> so sir. All sleeping in. And, and not casting judgment or shame upon myself for not getting after it, you know, yes. like, all that. I'm so done with this hustle culture situation. Yeah. It's not yeah. for everyone. Everyone can yeah. sustain it. There is there. You don't have to hustle hard to get somewhere. Yeah. You're, you're, ah, not in my ethos anymore. But I guess like probably what a lot of people do, just you just try to put the laptop away, put the cameras away, put the things on do not disturb, go fishing, mm. um, go hang out with my friends, go for hikes, work mm. out, you know, just do something different. And that mm-hmm. seems to help me a lot. Um, tending to the garden in your yep. in your mind, you know, like just why am I 
emotionally reacting to this right now? What's happening mm. inside of me? It goes back to the whole thing. Like, what am I hungry? Am I tired? What's going on? Mm. You know, yep. it's like, oh, I'm tired. And it's, and as soon as you start thinking of like uh, two weeks at a resort, all inclusive, everyone caters to you, you're like, oh my God, that feels so good. It's like, there's your answer. There's your gut mm. instinct telling you like this, you need to go take a vacation. Yeah. You need to go chill, yeah. which is hilarious because there's probably some people that look at our lives like they are vacation. Yep. <laughs> so far, so far from from the case yeah. when it's your lifestyle. It's the way, yes. it's just the way you live in the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I think adding these extra days to my travel to where I can just chill, I think that's gonna that's gonna be the the balancing point. So I don't have to feel um, emotionally reactive to every, mm. to everything, I guess, you know, um, <laughs> it'll totally. help me be a little more clear, drink more water, you know, drink more water, <laughs> maybe ha- eat some protein that really mm-hmm. helps your brain. Um, yeah. I like uh, mud water, the mushroom yeah. drink that seems to like kind of clear things up a little bit as well and eat super clean, like, you know, try not to mm-hmm. eat out too much and, all the things you know that you have to do, you do them. You know, it sucks, it's hard, but that's discipline and discipline equals freedom. So yep. what do you want? Mm. You want to be free or do you want to be chained to your own shadow? Amen to all of what you just said, because yes, 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 yes. And I love to say anytime it seems opportunistic is your mental and emotional well-being is the exact same as your physical well-being. Like you said, hydrate and rest and restore, like doing the things that your physical body needs will immediately improve and affect your mental and emotional state as well, like and spiritual. Oh, hydrate tre- tre- tremendously like as soon yeah. as i start like even rate even today today yeah. before we got on here i was deeply in my head i was a, i was easily triggered by the little things like i was putting some drawers together in my van and like <laughs> you know when you're trying to put the screw onto the wood and it you know falls off and you puncture something or when you're trying yep. to drill things like you're just like you want to throw the drill across the world <laughs> Yeah. And you know, like that's been my morning and it's like, dude, what's, and I have to put everything down, turn the earbuds, turn everything off and just go, dude, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. What do you need right now? That's big game changer right there. Yeah. I really like, it struck me when you said turn the earbuds off because damn, if we like, we just do not spend any time checking in, especially in silence. Mm-hmm. You can almost immediately hear what's up if mm-hmm. you get quiet. Yeah, it's like there's, yeah, coaching. It's like coaching yourself. You know, it's, yeah. What's wrong, son? I'm fucking pissed. I'm tired. <laughs> I need food. <laughs> like that is who we are. We are that, yes. but we are also the adult. We yeah. are both of those things, and yeah. you know, it's if you're listening and you and you and that does not make sense that's a hard one to kind of figure out, but you know, next time you're doing something and yeah. something tells you to not do it and do it this way, that's mm-hmm. your other voice talking to you. Yeah. That's your intuition, mm-hmm. your higher self, or maybe mm-hmm. that's your shadow aspect. And maybe that's the, you know, or the devil in you or the dark side, like whatever you want to call it, there's a light and a dark in you. Mm-hmm. And after a while you have to learn to discern who's talking. And mm-hmm. I'm still figuring that one out. But you get, Amen. you get 
but you get better with it over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, um, I want to offer the term too, is like reparenting, reparenting our inner children. Cause it spot on with what you're sharing. And I think it's so helpful for those who are trying to navigate it. And so thank you for bringing that up because we need to be able to be the ones who take care of ourselves instead of expecting someone else to, or some, you know, I, I love the, that realization, no one's coming to get you. No one's coming to save you. That's going to be you to do that. And, and yeah. we can stop waiting around and pouting and being resentful because no one's coming to our rescue. Right. And this is, you know, we're kind of seeing it out and on the internet right now, this kind of victim victim mentality, you know, which I suffered from my whole life, just from my circumstances that I've been through have led me to, to believe that I'm a victim and people owe me things, um, Mm. and woe is me and have sympathy for me because this bad thing happened and blah, 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 blah. And after a while you learn, you know, yeah, sure. That defined, that defined me in the moment and probably cast me off onto this trajectory of life. But at the same time, that was an experience. That's not who I am. Yeah. And that's when it all, that's when I took my power back from Mm -hmm. feeling like a victim to, well, no, like what? (laughs) Like I am my own hero and, Mm -hmm. and the feeling that I have of how I want to help people who feel like Mm -hmm. they're victims. Like that's when I knew Mm -hmm. I'm coming out of it. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. not a healthy place to live. You judge everyone. Everything Mm -hmm. is scary. Fear leads you. And it's just, it's just not a good, it's not a good way to live. And mm. you might not see it, but everyone else does. You know, it's a little, it's a little off the, what you just said, but you had reminded me that, you know, when you were re- doing the recording and, you know, hundreds of albums and all that stuff, like there's the obsession, but your, your true love of people and their stories and sort of like featuring them. Cause you even said that to me while we were filming, you're like, I, I really hope like, let's do an awesome job so you can get, you know, millions of views on your, on your video and all that. And like, I felt really special. I felt like really like you, I knew you were going to do your best job to do that. And I, I know that, like I said, that's really off topic of what you were sharing, but it, it just clicked in my head. You had said something very specific. And what I want to say about that, because again, even more off topic is you, you're doing a great job in your career. Like you have plenty of work and you still choose to live in this astro van. And I want to, I want to, I want to talk about that because you might have however much money in the bank or you can make as much money as you'll ever need. And it's not about, you know, what it looks like materialistically, like how you're doing. And in our own conversations, I really know that you're present to like the quality of your life as a like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like that journey being where you measure your quality of life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Kind of goes back to that undeniability of how much I understand the nature of reality, I guess, you know? Yeah. People call it a simulation. People call it this. People call it that. But at the end of the day, no no one knows the absolute truth of what Mm -hmm. we're doing here and what this is. And I remind myself of that every single day. And, you know, it's like, what makes me happy is other people are happy. But that's also... Oh, like a coping mechanism that I had to develop mm. um, as a child. That is, I guess you can say, very hardwired in me. But at the same time, um, 
you know, I want to see people succeed. I want to see people smile. I want to see people just be happy because mm-hmm. what else are you going to do? <laughs> you know, you're just waiting mm-hmm. to be sad and struggle and just, ah, what was me? Like, mm-hmm. sure, go ahead and be all that. I understand. It feels good in the moment. Trust me. Yeah. It feels great because you're validating that for yourself over and over again. But the hard part yeah. is to validate yourself positively to where, yeah, I'm traveling in an astrovan. People might think, oh, this guy's just poor or he doesn't care about himself or this or that. You know, people mm-hmm. might cast cast their judgments to it. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's, you know, I don't know that. I don't know what they're saying. I'm making that up. I'm creating mm-hmm. this scenario that is ultimately not really true. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, people are always, in fact, in, in my experience, 10 times out of 10, everyone's like, this is dope. Like, wow, how cool is this? The tours yeah. that have been done on my van, uh, everyone says really nice things about it. And no, there's no one has really ever said anything mean about it. So that gives me more confidence gives me mm-hmm. more it gives me validation we, we're at the end of the day we're always going to need some sort of external val- validation but at the end of the day i don't need a sprinter van i don't need million dollars a year you know mm-hmm. like i guess it's just like what what you're feeling in that moment in time and for me it's i don't need running water i don't need a toilet i don't need to stand up inside of my rig i'm perfectly comfortable and happy with how my setup is and it allows me to do exactly what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm not worried about what, what other people want me to do. Cause I don't care necessarily. Yeah. It's yeah. not harsh, but like, that's, that's a bad, no. that's, that's a good first step into the direction yeah. of that is just to practice not caring what other people are going to think. And yeah. that's a hard, that's a hard one. I, yeah. I deal with it every single day. Yeah. Honestly, that is the premise of hearts unleashed. It's like, are you happy? It does not matter what anyone else's measurement of that is. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Particularly for me, are you fulfilled? Because you can have the best of the best and everyone can be clapping for you and you can't sleep at night or you're miserable or you can't make eye contact with yourself in the mirror. And it's like, are you happy? Do you love you? Are you proud of you? Would you do it again? Would you do it differently? You know, there's all these different types of questions, but, you know, especially when we're living for that exterior or um, external approval and validation and acceptance and celebration, it can really send us in a, in a direction that we, we wouldn't really choose for ourselves. Yeah, that full-time job I had was the perfect example of me chasing and then ultimately completely burning out. I listened to this podcast called Diary of a CEO. Mm. And he was saying, there were, he was talking about burnout, I believe, with the CEO or whoever he was of Shopify. And mm. they were saying, he's like, I don't really believe in, in burnout per se, because if you're doing something you're obsessed with and love, you can do that all day forever. You'll have abundance of energy to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you are doing work that is soul sucking, you have um, like real negative energy sucking, uh, I guess, employees, coworkers, um, things like that. And that's kind of what that old job was, is it was 
oh, Monday, great. I go in the meeting, the guy's going to come in hot and start yelling at everyone. Like it's, you know, it just drains you immediately. So it only lasted six months at that job <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, energetic inputs and outputs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was more, there was more exporting than there was importing. So it's like, all right, yeah. well, I got to go then. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big one. So like, you know, if you're listening and you can't stand your job, it makes you freakishly tired every single day. Just think about what doesn't make you freakishly tired. Think about what fills your cup and try mm. and do more of that as much as you can. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I, do you have any thoughts, tips, uh, advice? Cause it, as I've listened to you, you, you have it as second nature. And I, I find it to be a gift of yours to, if you have a passion, you turn it into a career. If you have a gift, you can get paid for it. And it really seems to come second nature to you. And there are a lot of people in the world scratching their heads and, you know, losing sleep over having a passion or desire and can't seem to, let's say, monetize it or turn it into making a living. Is there any advice or wisdom that you'd like to impart on listeners who really deeply crave to to do that and can't seem to find a way or see, see the light. Yes. Um, I want, I do want to start off with, if you have something that you are obsessed with, passionate about that you love dearly, good for you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, thank it's, you for it's that. not, it's not easy. It's not easy to find something that really turns you on. And mm-hmm. if you're having problems with that, like I am currently, which I'm, I'm actually extremely grateful that, I can't find this passion, this thing that, you know, is gonna make me want to wake up every day and jump out of bed. Like, I don't, I don't have that thing right now, which is, I think this is the greatest time to talk about it. Um, you have to try things. You have to try new stuff. Your the, the saying goes, your pat, you don't find your passions, your passions find you. So, you know, you just, Go try woodworking, go try sewing, make a t-shirt, like just try things and you'll, you'll know when you'll know when you're obsessed with it. Cause you would be trying to go to bed, but you're going to want to just bring that thing with you. <laughs> to bed. <laughs> like, it's like being a kid again, you know, when you have your toys, like yeah. it's the same damn thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, go search for it, go look around, pick up a camera, draw something, write, do something and keep trying a bunch of different things until you find something that lights you up. Now, for the people that are already lit up by the thing they're doing, first step to monetization is to put it out in the world. And what? Say it again. Say it again. Uh, right. Uh, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, put it on TikTok, make a YouTube video, create a YouTube channel, just put it out there. But the problem is a lot of people are scared of that. A lot of people yeah. are scared to be seen. A lot of people are scared to try that. And I, I'm one of them. To <laughs> be completely honest with you, I am absolutely one of those people. I am terrified of expressing my words. I'm terrified of expressing my photos. Everything I post, I'm terrified to post it, but I do it anyways. And to be honest with you, that's that's kind of the trick. There's really, there really is no trick. There really is no answer to these things. It's just, you do it. You just do it. You post it on the internet, start off with family and friends, you know, like that's how I did my mechanic business. I had zero customers when I first started 
And in fact, I was washing windows for my mentor. He had this window washing business where he washed 36 banks every once a month. And that's how I stayed afloat, making 1500 bucks a month, you know, like nothing, making absolutely nothing and trying to get my business going. And I, all I did was just post every day onto my Facebook. And Mm -hmm. I spent like $20 a month on ads. And I just did everything I could to put my work out there. And eventually like family members started going, oh yeah, I need my brakes done. It's like, all right, cool. It'll be 300 bucks. Perfect. And then they tell their neighbor and then their neighbor tells their kid. And it's like, it could just, it goes down the line. And then years later, you almost don't even realize like, oh wow, like I am busy every day now. Like how incredible that this has happened. And it's, it's everything you've heard before. You got to just be consistent. You got to show up and you have to do the work. And while you're doing the work, you have to do your best work because you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching ever. And if you're trying to make it big, well, I'm here to tell you the people that are at that level that will bring you up to that level are way, way, way farther ahead than most people are. And it takes a lot more to impress them. Their attention to detail is Mm -hmm. insane. It's Mm -hmm. things that you would almost never see, even though they're right in front of you. And I've, I've been humbled many a time by those things trying to Trying to jump the ladder, essentially, is what yeah. I was trying to do a lot of the times. And it's like, no, you're, you're not allowed to jump the ladder. You have to take every single step to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just how it goes. And you have to accept that. And you have to know that that game is real. And it is a game. It's not anything else. It's a game. And you have to have what they call an infinite mindset of the game. You have to understand the game will never end. And if you go at it knowing that, you're going to go farther than most people are. I love every bit of that answer. Oh my gosh, just so insightful. At the very end when you were saying that, I was thinking about the um, the 10-year overnight success. Like everybody thinking, oh, look, they they had this. Because even when you were saying like, you tell each person and you put everything out and it's one at a time and it's step by step. And it's like, we, oh, I think that social media, virtual reality gives us this illusion that we're going to wake up one day with millions of followers clamoring after us. Yeah. And anyone who you see who seems to have succeeded overnight has been at it for 10, 15 years, whatever, however long. And that specifically, I'm thinking of sustainable success. Congrats on your 15 minutes of fame. But do you have anything that you can even offer the world once they once you have their attention? And I think that that matters the most, at least when I'm working with people who want to truly build a business, a sustainable one, is when the excitement is over, what are you offering? What are you doing? What is your service? What is your product? And I think that matters too. That goes right back to having the infinite mindset. You're never totally. You're never finished. There, every time you get to a top of a mountain, there's another mountain to get to the top of. Every time. It never every time. ends, and you have to accept that. You have to yeah. accept that for truth. I try to tell people like, you don't want it. You don't even want it to end because that means it's your last day. Like there's no once and for all destination until there is. And you don't want that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's, it's literally, you get the dopamine drip 
which is ultimately the thing that makes you obsessed during the process of doing it. Yeah. You don't necessarily get the you, the big reward at the end. In fact, sometimes when you get to the end, you're like, where's the balloons and the <laughs> things? Like, where's the praise? Where's the claps? Like, that, that it doesn't exist. It doesn't yeah. exist. People will clap for you as you're struggling going uphill, but they're clapping for you because you are still going when they would probably give up, which is why they're clapping because they're seeing themselves in you. That's all that ever is. So powerful, <laughs> man. We, we are filling up an hour and like, I'm, I want to open up all my calendar so we can just talk endlessly. And I just, I love what you're sharing. I love what you're offering, especially to our listeners, because, you know, I know that people come back to this podcast because they have this desire, whether it's, you know, I, I love what you said too. I, I realized I remembered it was talking about people believing our life is a vacation. And that, no, it's just a different lifestyle. And so I know that people watch the content creators that they love and respect because they're on their climb and they're cheering them on, but because they see themselves in the people that they they love to follow. And and you're one of them. You are such an inspiration. Um, you've even inspired me to be doing push-ups again, man. Like that is, <laughs> when I tell you that is an achievement, I, I want to give you a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I, I really, I really want to thank you for who you are and who you be in the world. And um, I have personally really enjoyed the level of like, I, I, I love your, your contemplative nature um, as you wrote free spirited contrarian. I just deeply appreciate your deep thinking, your thought, your heart, and, and the way that you connect with people and, and love to lift other people up as well. But that now includes yourself and giving yourself the rest and restoration that you need to keep doing a job that, that you love and get to help other people with. Thank you very much for this opportunity to uh, share my thoughts. Definitely. Any parting words for our listeners? Just do your best. <laughs> I love it. I want to thank you for being here. Uh, and listeners, Man, I hope you got exactly what you needed today to really take your life to the next level. And um, what did you say about freedom? What did you say? Discipline is freedom. You guys, mm -hmm. dedicating your life to something, becoming obsessed and following your heart and listening to your inspiration and, and really trusting that you can live your heart unleashed. You can make a living doing things that you love as long as you're willing to trust and follow through on that. This is what we're doing here at Hearts Unleashed. So I hope you got all the juice you needed today to take your life to the next level. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.